0: Well, good morning. We are uh, in our second uh, Sunday of the subseries called Healthy Finances. And of course, if you didn't know, that's Dave Ramsey, and uh, he started many years ago a ministry called Financial Peace University, and you're going to hear a lot more about that uh, later on in the message. But if you could do me a favor, I'm just going di- to divert... Uh, from the message for just a second. Could you pull out your welcome cards? Hopefully all of you got your welcome cards. If you didn't, you can go right onto your phone app and you can uh, click on what's happening or the calendar and you can see everything that's coming up. Are you enjoying this phone app, this new phone app? Our, our desire is to just fully connect you to Christ, his community and his cause at whatever cost and whatever way we possibly uh, can get you connected. Um, A couple big things coming up that we just need to take a minute, even beyond our announcement video, and share with you. Number one is our spring training. This is for every volunteer and every leader in the ministry. This is also for anyone who calls Elevation their home and wants to get plugged in somehow through groups, through ministry, through whatever it is. Every one of you in the body of Christ, every believer, has a gift or gifts that God has given us to edify and build into the kingdom of God through the local church of Christ and the global church of Christ. That's we have our local body, Elevation Community Church. We have our community body of churches, and then we have our global body of Christ. Every believer that calls themselves a follower of Christ. And so, anyways, um, this spring training is for you. This is very important. Uh, there's not too many Easter egg hunts going on on this Saturday. Uh, we will have child care. We'll have full food, uh, breakfast, thanks to McDonald's. And then we're going to have a, a, a Cincinnati Reds baseball-themed lunch. And uh, we're so excited. So if you say that Elevation Community Church is your home church, and you're either serving, leading, or would love to get connected, this time is for you. If you're not able to, We would really ask for you to connect with one of the leaders, fill out one of your connect cards in the front pouch in in front of you, or the back seat pouch in front of you, or go online, uh, excuse me, go to your phone app and just send us an email and you can fill out the connect card on your phone app. We would love to see you there. We're raffling off some Reds tickets, some gift cards, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Also, very quickly, Good Friday is in two weeks. Can you believe that? And Easter is in two weeks. And so we're having a Good Friday service at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss that. We're not doing the walkthrough experience this year. We'll probably do it every other year. But we're going to have an experience of communion, of reflection, remembering what Christ did, and then acknowledging what Christ did and who he is in our lives. And then we're going to celebrate on Easter Sunday with two services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Now let's get started in the word. Last Sunday, if you weren't here, you need to download it on your phone app or online. Uh, Dennis Morris brought the word in such a personable and transparent way. You agree? And um, we're just, yes, amen. God is doing a great thing in this church and beyond, and we're so excited. And um, we believe, we believe that God wants us to be healthy Not just spiritually, not just emotionally, not just physically, not just relationally, but financially. But since we're in the basic series, we need to go back to the basics to understand what that means. Because financially healthy, in our world's culture, in today's culture, in our society, does not see it the way that the Bible sees it. And so that's why we're doing this series. So Dennis said something and this is, this is on there. You can keep that on there. I'll get to it in a minute. But this is the heart behind our series, Healthy Living series. Dennis said something last week that was really profound and really impacted me, and I know many of you. He said this, healthy living is all about learning to allow Jesus' rule and his reign, his authority and his word to come alive and become active in our lives. That's what healthy living is all about. Let me say that again. Healthy living is all about learning to allow the alignment, allow God's rule and his reign. He does not force himself upon you, but he is all-powerful. He's waiting for you to open the door of your lives and surrender and welcome him in. Also, we're allowing his authority and his word to come alive and become active in our lives. You see when we don't, when we don't do this, when we don't allow God's rule and his reign and his authority and his word to come alive, it's like it's like expecting this flashlight to come on and work just by pulling the switch or pushing the button. And we just expect that because it looks like a flashlight, it's got the bulb in it, it's got all the components that we see, it looks like it should work. But what we don't do is we don't look at the technical side. We don't see what's inside. You don't know if I disconnected the wires or not. But the problem most of the time is we forget to check the batteries. We forget to put fresh, charged, active batteries in the flashlight so that it will turn on. And it is just like that spiritually. If we want spiritual health, emotional health relational health, physical health, and spiritual health, it's this right here. If we are aligned, this, this could be fun, um, if we are aligned with God's heart, building our lives with Christ at the center and the Holy Spirit living inside us, filling us, empowering us to love how he loves, to live how he desires to live in us and through us, the Bible says that we become a powerful flashlight A light unto the world by the way we love God, love others, and the way that we handle our emotions, our physical health, our relationships, and today we're going to focus on our money, or shall I say, his money. What I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, because when we verbalize something, uh, we have better retention And so could you put that back up on there, please? Let's read this together. Ready? And if you're not reading, the flashlight's coming around. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Ready? If we are aligned with God's heart, sound great. Building our lives with Christ at the center and the Holy Spirit living inside us, filling us and empowering us to love how he loves, breathe, live how he, good, good. The Bible says we become a powerful flashlight, a light unto the world by the way we love God, love others, and the way we handle our emotions, physical health. And so today, friends, if you're joining us here online or even live stream right now, today we are going to look at the heart of the issue when it comes to healthy living in finances, according to the Word of God. That is the important part. (laughs) So the heart of the issue is this. If you're taking notes, write it down. Healthy stewardship, which stewardship means how we handle the resources that God has given us. Healthy stewardship is a heart issue, not a money issue. Let me say it a different way. Generosity and how you give your money is a heart issue. Batteries, not a money issue. Investing in how you invest your money into the kingdom of God. And what that means, to break that down, is what God values, I value. And because I value it, I am investing in it. And so how we invest into God's kingdom and what we invest in is a heart issue, not a money issue. It doesn't matter, just like Dave Ramsey said, it doesn't make matter if you make 10,000 a year or 10 million a year. It is a heart issue, not a money issue. And I love it we've been dissecting Matthew 6 verse thirty three and we've been kind of dwelling in the book of Ephesians through this healthy living series, and Jesus in Matthew six just cuts to the chase. Talk about a heart issue, he gets to the heart every time read the gospels. Jesus just goes for the jugular he just he, he doesn't mess with the material stuff and the minor stuff. he gets to the heart, and so we go to matthew six thirty three Hopefully you have this memorized already, right? Seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek first. 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 Not, before, not after you do whatever you do. Not after you cash your check. Not after you get up and get going. It's first. Seek first and the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Well, what are all these things? It's the treasures that we pursue. It's the resources that consume us and get us anxious and worrying about our needs, right? And so if we want to understand what Jesus is saying about the all things, because we, we've got it. We, he wants to be first in our lives. When he's not first in our lives, everybody, we're out of alignment already. And we know that when we're out of alignment, everything else falls out of alignment when we're out of alignment with the King of Kings, with Christ being the center of our lives, everything else follows suit. And so we need to go back to Matthew 6, 19 to 24, before we fully understand verse 33. And Dennis took us through this as one of his passages, but there's something that God spoke to my heart as I've been reading this this week that I hope will challenge you and be almost like a light bulb effect that goes off that you understand how important of an issue this is to our Lord and Savior. Our heart issue, not a money issue. Our heart issue, not a money issue. It says this in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And because God calls us to seek him first, I would like to, before I go any further in bringing the word of God to you, I'd like to go to him in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I know I can't do this without your Holy Spirit moving and empowering me and filling me. And so I just pray that you would open our hearts. Spirit of the living God, would we experience you in fresh new ways? Change us, mold us for your glory. Open our eyes, God, that we may see you for who you are and become living flashlights, reflecting your glory everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse 19, The question here that Jesus is asking is where your treasure is. We usually don't say treasure in today's culture. It's where is your value? Where is your wealth? What is it that you seek? What resources are you consumed by, distracted by, grounded in? Are you the resources, the money? The treasures of this world that I'm sorry you cannot take with you into the eternal? Or is it the things of heaven that God values? The things that are eternal that will never fade, never spoil, never go away. Just take a heart check since it is a heart issue, not a money issue. Where are your treasures? And if we're talking about healthy living and alignment... Jesus Christ has to be your number one treasure. Is he? Is he your number one goal? Is he your number one love and desire? When Jesus is your treasure, you will commit all your resources, your money, your time, your hearts, to him. To him. And what we do with our money speaks to our value And our priorities, because everybody, believe it or not, how you use that plastic card in your wallet, or a tap of a button nowadays on Amazon.com, shows you a lot about your heart. And in today's culture, our calendar also shows a lot about our heart. But we won't get into that today. Billy Graham, Reverend Billy Graham, says this, give me five minutes with any person. (laughs) Let me look at their checkbook for five minutes. Nowadays, Billy Graham would probably say your credit card or your online checking account, because many of you don't carry checks anymore. He said, give me five minutes with your financial account, and I will tell you where their heart is. You know, Jesus continues in verse 22 And don't be mistaken like I have for years to think Jesus had ADD and he's going off tangent and totally changing from money to now talking about the lamp of the body. It just doesn't make sense. Oh, but it does. The Bible makes sense when the Spirit of God opens our eyes. Amen? So here's what he's saying. He says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you. If Jesus is in you. I'm looking here. If the light is in you. Oh, excuse me. If the light in you is darkness. See, I'm getting ahead of myself. How great is the darkness? If Jesus is not in you, your life is completely full of darkness. And it says this. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one, and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And here's the kicker Dennis brought to us last Sunday as well. You cannot serve God and money. It is a heart issue, not a money issue. Here's where I want to bring clarity, and then we're going to go into a video, and then I'm going to have several people up here as a panel to talk about healthy finances. But here's the issue that I want to bring clarity to and understanding to with this passage. Jesus is speaking about our treasures throughout all of Matthew 6 to where he ends with verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added. And so here's what Jesus is attempting to get through talking about the lamp of the body. The term Evil eye, which we read, is a Jewish term, okay? Whereas a good eye in Judaism refers to goodwill, benevolence, generosity. Didn't think that, did you? That's what it refers to. A good eye means that you are generous. You are of goodwill, and you're concerned about other people's needs. You are being genuinely happy When others prosper, the evil eye is quite the opposite, as you would guess. The person with an evil eye feels distressed when others prosper. Rejoices when others suffer. Loves their money and would do nothing in the way of charity. So when Jesus spoke about the eye, he was speaking He was speaking primarily to a Jewish crowd. I was going to say fully to a Jewish crowd, but we don't know everyone that was there. He was speaking to a Jewish crowd, and they knew exactly what he was talking about. They knew that a good eye was a generous person with proper perspective of their resources, and an evil eye was the opposite. He was stingy. She was sour or self-focused. In our day, we call those people scrooges. So, the heart of the issue is this. Our Father's heart never changes. He always has and always will be looking at our heart. You see, He finds such delight and joy and pleasure when His children, church, when His children operate out of a heart of devotion, not emotion. Devotion, thankfulness, and generosity. We have a heart issue when it comes to our resources, specifically our money. And what Jesus is looking for is a heart of devotion and thankfulness, cheerfulness, willingness. Because once we get a glimpse of whose money and whose resources we have, It's all his. And out of the response of gratitude in our hearts, it all goes back to him. And so I want you to watch this video, and I want you to ask an honest question. Can you identify with this?
1: Oh, I could. Well, maybe just a bite.
2: Oh yeah! All right. Don't forget the interest.
0: we're going to uh, introduce this panel of wonderful people. Um, So when you um, answer the first question, just introduce yourself. Uh, Daniel, would you bring up the microphone? All right. So in regards to this important video that I think is trying to make a crucial point here, hopefully you got it. (laughs) I want to just ask uh, you, Greg, Maybe what is one of the biblical principles that you've learned or are learning in regards to becoming good a good steward of what the Lord has given you? Uh, and how has that transformed your
3: life? First of all, this is a really unique way to watch you preach. Yeah. Right here, I can almost read your mind right here. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. Uh, you know... Pastor gave us this information and gave us a little heads up to prepare for this. And I honestly, as I did that, I thought more and more how difficult it is to reduce it to a few words. I got a little bit of my dad in me, by the way. Um, I I think of it as uh, two or three words. Um, One would be the thing I struggle with the most, and that is habit. (laughs) Mm. Um, This whole idea of giving to me has evolved over the years as understanding that when you build a good habit, good or bad, unfortunately, it usually is something that uh, can continue and God can bless. But if you don't build a habit out of it, it can come and go. Secondly would be accountability. Um, Not so much that we do this out of obligation, but a sense of accountability and a desire to serve God with all that we have in a way that brings honor and glory to him. And knowing that uh, even the word finance and the word accountable are very similar. (laughs) And having that sense of accountability, I think, is really important in our lives. Do any of you have anything on that topic
0: at all?
2: Well, um, Brian Vance, everybody. You kind of um, early on in your message um, stole one of the things I was going to say. You yes. must have been looking at my notes. But um, as far as the video goes, um, just remembering that our money is, is not ours. It, it's God's. And um, mm. he gives it to us and asks us to invest it for him wisely and um, when we are good stewards of it, he gives us more, mm-hmm. and uh, he rewards us um, in, in other ways. Um, and when it comes to, you know, giving, the, the question that you gave us in our, in our outline, the, um, one of the things that come to, to my mind is uh, contentment, and we have to be content with, uh, with God's provisions. Um, and I just heard this on the radio the other day, uh, contentment doesn't mean um, that we're lazy or we lack ambition for to gain more, it just simply means that we've accepted what God has provided us for this day. Hmm. Um, and when we look at our finances today, for example, it's it's a snapshot. It's not where we're going to be tomorrow. Um, that's my wow. that's my take on that. Wow.
0: And. Um, one of the scriptures I'd like to present, it will be on the screen, and, and write this down. This is, uh, this is actually one of my favorites when it comes to stewardship and God's heart on a generous heart. Remember, we have a heart issue, not a money issue. It's a heart issue, not a money issue. And it can be found in Second Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we'll start with verse 1. And it says this. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among uh, the churches of Macedonia. So Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth. Okay, the Corinthians. And he's basically saying, okay, I want to give you an example from the Macedonians. And I want you to follow suit. So many times Paul even says, imitate me. I, I am... I am an imitation, a reflection of Jesus Christ. And he's saying right here, he wants us to learn from the Macedonians. So what does he want us to learn? For in a severe test of affliction, isn't it crazy when talking about money, usually you want to talk about prosperity, right? People with their wealth, giving everything they had. He talks about their affliction. Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. It is not a money issue, it is a heart issue. And it says that their joy in their extreme poverty has overflowed in wealth of generosity on their part. What? For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. And to save time, you can read that later, but then it ends with verse 15 Which says, whoever gathered much, like you said, had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. And so, the question I have, thank you. The question I have is, when you guys read that this week, um, did anything come out to you as far as the perspective of finances? The perspective of what we're learning from the Macedonians? Do you have anything?
1: My name is Mary Beisline. Um, I think it really um, caused me to reflect on uh, a little bit of our history. Um, when Warren and I got married 43 years ago, uh, I knew about budgeting. I had uh, come from a very unstable home as far as finances, and so when I started working at the age of 15 and supplying my own clothing and stuff. I I kept track of everything. Um, So I brought that whole budgeting aspect into the marriage. What I didn't bring and I didn't understand was tithing. And Warren brought that into the marriage. I had never heard of it. (laughs) And so um, that was something he wanted to do. And I I just think they went hand in hand, that putting God first... um, And budgeting, Uh, what we found is when we put God first, he stretched the rest. We were never without enough to pay our bills. Sometimes it was down to the penny pretty much, but we always had enough. Um, The other thing that I think I realized through the years is our attitude was really picked up by our daughters. Um, I remember one time when the girls were growing up and We have two daughters, and uh, our older daughter in grade school one time said um, all their friends were going on vacations, these great vacations. And she said, Mom, are we going on vacation? And I said, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to afford vacation this year. And she said, well, what will we do if we don't? And I said, well, maybe we can go to a state park for a weekend. And she said, well, what will we do if we can't even do that? And I said, well... We'll have a party in the backyard with your friends. She was totally fine. And I think the whole point was I was fine, so she was fine. And I think that's one of the biggest blessings that comes out of putting God first is it um, uh, it helps you set your priorities, and it passes on to the next generation what's important, um, some of which I didn't even see until the girls were grown um, but I see them with values like working hard, and it's okay to sacrifice. It's okay to wait on something, and more than anything, they see when God provides for them in an unexpected way, it's really exciting.
0: That is cool, and I'm grateful for that, that you pass that down to your younger,
3: uh, youngest daughter, my beautiful wife. Can you put that scripture back up there? That uh, Phil just read, can you put that back up there? The last verse? Yeah, no, the, the first part of it. There were two things about that scripture that struck me in answer to your question. One of them is that the church in Macedonia, which I think might be um, uh, Thessalonica, um, I think maybe Philippi and Berea, but those churches, you'll notice up there that it says their giving uh, was something that was an act of grace. The first thing I think about there is, you know, this is not really about you mustering up the energy or deciding you're going to do it. God graciously empowers us as we love and serve him to give an act of grace. I think that's what we should pray for. God, work an act of grace in my life. And secondly, further on down there, the word privilege. (laughs) You know, you can either, in my mind, you can either give uh, out of duty from Mm -hmm. a sense of obligation or give from privilege which is from love. And if you give out of duty, you're going to resent it at some point. <laughs> if you give out of a sense of privilege, that, that's a reflection of love working through you by mm-hmm. the Spirit. I think that's the key thought there.
0: And again, there is a theme going on. If you're taking notes, it said money's not the issue. The heart is the issue. And we've been talking for now almost three months on healthy living, and it starts with the heart and alignment. And... Here's Stewardship 101. If you're taking notes, write this down. In verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 8, something that popped up to me, and you mentioned this, uh, you touched on this, um, but it says they lived within their means. If you heard the statistics that Dennis brought to us last week, talk about eye-opening. I mean, my jaw hit the ground when I realized how many Americans are in debt In over their head and it's because we have a culture of spending and so our culture does not teach the principle of living within your means and so we already are going against the current in our culture and I know for me when I first got married to Lauren I knew nothing about saving a budget I knew nothing about money it was just spend what you have And if you don't, you have a credit card. And I just didn't know I had loads of student debt that I was walking into that we just paid off a couple years ago. But yeah, amen. And it took a lot, but I will tell you this is we are living in a society where the majority of our people, marriages, and families are living in bondage to a thing called debt. And what the Bible, I believe, is teaching here within the Macedonians is knowing our means, Is and, and, and with that, one of the best vehicles that I can think of, and that David Ramsey would tell you, and many other people, would be a budget. I did not know what a budget was in 2004, and I sat down with my future in-laws And I thought that they were going to say, you know, hey, we're going to pay for your wedding and everything's going to be wonderful and you're the best guy for our daughter, which they did. But they said in order to get married, you need to have a budget before she walks down the aisle. That thing they said about mother-in-laws, no. (laughs) But then we went and met with our pastor and he sat down and he says, you will have a budget presented to me. By our second premarital counseling session, or else we will not go further. And yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you, Steve Lavella at Faith Church. That saved our marriage in 2006, because in 2004, when we got married, we did the budget system with the envelopes, and we always learned to first give a tenth, give our first fruits to God. No matter what. No matter what we were faithful. We never went without. We never went without. And we were able to save in about three years' time, probably four to six thousand dollars for an early married couple it was wonderful. We moved to Kentucky, we thought we were we were ready to go, we were in ministry, we both lost our jobs in four months. We had nowhere to live. And we went and lived with old mom and dad for seven months because we couldn't find steady work. And we lived off that savings for seven months. And had we not budgeted, we would not have had that. And so I want to speak to you about budgets. And I would like to, if you prepared a little bit, just as far as just sharing with you the power of a budget. And you're giving me deer and headlights, so I'm putting you on the spot. Um, just as far as, uh, you showed me actually some envelopes oh, that yeah. are probably what, 40, 50 years old? Yeah.
1: Um, the envelope thing that I think Dennis referred to it last week. We, we did envelopes for um, probably till the girls were in high school. And then I still keep doing it, but it's just on paper. Um, but yeah, I kept those envelopes, and I found them the other day, and they were tattered and torn, And but I looked at what was written on each, there was a handful of them, and one was food, and one was tithe, and one was music lessons, <laughs> and one was entertainment. I think that probably usually got pulled out and put toward food. But at any rate, um, we lived like that for a long time, and um, I think what I just want to say is having a budget is just a joy. Um, once you do it, you you realize it just, when you live within your means, there's a peace, and I think Brian used the word that I think of so often, a contentment that um, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing what God calls you to do with your money. And the most amazing thing is, that God really works miracles. Okay. I mean, I could tell you stories about how he provided at times when we thought, what are we going to do, um, and he would come forth. So it's, it's really a treasure to be able to um, budget and yeah. live that way.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, one thing I would like to share, too, as we move to a heart of generosity, and then we're going to finish out with Financial Peace University. Um, so often I tell people who come to me and say they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior and they're almost like, now what? And sometimes I talk to Christians who've been Christians for followers of Christ for years and I'm blown away when they tell me they haven't been baptized. And why I am is because when we read the Word of God and when we teach the Word of God, a lot of times lack of action is because of lack of teaching. We don't know. And so baptism is a step of obedience, of identifying yourself with Christ and telling everybody else around that you are new in Christ. The old is gone. That's, that's the wedding ring of the Christian faith. But that's called obedience. In First John it says... That if we say that we have love and have Christ, but we don't obey God's commandments, we really don't have the love in us. And really, being a good steward and generous and maintaining and investing in the right things and not overspending is a reflection of your obedience to Christ. Giving out of a cheerful heart is truly obedience, but if it's not out of a cheerful heart, what good does it do? It just puts you into bondage. And so I want to read two quick passages, and then we're going to move on. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, talk about obedience, says this. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. This message is not to make you feel guilty to give. This message is about understanding your heart. And if God has your heart, then he has your finances. If God has your heart, then he has your family. If God has your heart, he has your children's education. If God has your heart, he has everything else in your life. And then I want to touch on Malachi 3, verses 8 to 12. Follow with me if you don't mind. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he says, in your tithes and contributions, a tithe in Old Testament terms was a tenth, the first fruits, a tenth of all your harvest or your resources. In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. He says this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to test, says the Lord. Put me to test if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for, for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed. And so I just want to touch on this and see if any of you have something to share about the blessings of doing what we're designed to do is give back what is already his with a generous giving heart. Would you guys have anything to say about that? As far as what that looks like? Greg?
3: Well, I think it's really easy here to think that word blessing is only material. Um, meaning that give more, get more, give more, get more. Um, I would encourage you not to sign up for that idea. Uh, the blessing, and I would have to say my wife is a perfect example of this that we see the most, is seeing how God moves in someone else's life through your generosity. I can't think of anything my wife would rather do than give in some way, financial or otherwise, to somebody in need. I'm the more reluctant part of that party, <laughs> my nature. Um, she would see the what I'd call the downstream impact of that gift on that life, and she would cherish that, even if they never knew she was behind it.
0: I don't have any of you.
3: God rewards faithfulness
0: and obedience. Do you believe that? And I know many of you. Many of you have so many stories already of testimonies of God proving His faithfulness. And I grew up as a kid learning not to test God, and we're not supposed to, except this one area. He says, "Test me by trying to outgive and outlove others through me." And um, you know, I think it's good for us just to go to this video, and then we'll close on out. So watch this video about Financial Peace University that is coming to Elevation Community Church in June.
4: Financial Peace University began about 20 years ago and now today we've had over one and a half million families go through this course. This is the place where we start happening to our money where we start aiming our dollars at our goals. You got to make your money behave. You work too hard to get to the end of your life and be broke. There's a massive group of people out there trying to sell you stuff. They want to interrupt your plans. Don't cash out your 401k. I know your 401k looks like a 201k. Remain calm. The only people that get hurt on a roller coaster are those that jump off. God's all in this thing. He's all about fixing you. He's all about fixing me. There's a redemption story built into this whole thing. And every time I give, every time I understand I'm not an owner, I move along that spectrum from selfish to selfless. Now, this is a boot camp. I'm your coach. I've had some good coaches and they lit me up a time or two, but it caused me to go places I couldn't go otherwise. You change your life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, or you say, I've had it. This is how you get out of debt. You gotta run for your life. You gotta run, 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 run. You gotta bust it. You gotta go like your life depends on it. What would happen to the kingdom of God if the people of God were out of debt? How much of this world could we as believers
0: change? Wow, it's coming to elevation. Uh, maybe you've gone through it before, and you just need another pick-me-up. And uh, we're going to talk about it in a second. Brian Vance is graciously going to lead it with a, a, a group of people by, by his side. Um, but before we get to financial piece of, of talking the details, I just want to close with the panel to see if there's anything else that you would want to encourage the body in the sense of why the urgency? Why is, it nece- why is it such a necessity for followers of Christ and the church of Jesus Christ to learn how to handle God's resources in a godly biblical way? What would you
2: say?
1: Um, I, I came up with two. The first one is I think Um, It's no secret that our families are being destroyed and our marriages are being destroyed. I heard at one time that 90% of the marriages that are in trouble are in trouble because of uh, financial problems. Uh, I don't know if that's still an accurate statistic, but it's obviously a major problem. But I think the biggest reason is that I think as Christians, we're called to be different. We're called to be different than the rest of the world. I think we're called to follow, to be like Jesus, which means we strive to give instead of to get. And I think also, um, as we have the peace that comes from his provision and living the way he wants us to live, we have something to offer the rest of the world. If we're no different than everybody else, then what do we have to offer?
2: Wow.
0: I'm glad you're my mother-in-law, by the way. I'm glad
1: you're my son-in-law.
0: <laughs> um, I am lucky, Yeah. Financial Peace University. It's a nine-week course starting Sunday, June 4th. They have uh, impacted millions of people who are now debt-free, living life to the full, serving God with everything they can, uh, with everything they have. And um, I'm so excited to bring this uh, to elevation. And so, Brian, would you just close out and just sharing um, what's on your heart for this ministry?
2: Absolutely. Um, Phil first mentioned this panel to me a couple of weeks ago, and um, I spent the last couple of weeks really thinking about and praying about what I would would say and what I'm going to talk about. Um, And the more I prayed about it, um, what God has put on my heart is that um, I feel like there are many among us here today um, who need help with their finances, who... um, you may be embarrassed at the mess you've made. Um, maybe you're not comfortable talking about finances. You just don't want to come out of your comfort zone. Um, Phil, Phil mentioned baptisms a little bit ago, and and um, every time we have baptisms, I sense that there are people here just on the edge of their seat that want to come up here and, and get baptized. Um, I was one of those for a long time. But um, <clears throat> I feel the same way about this course. I just uh, God just put it on my heart over the last couple weeks to... To just to reach out so if you're worried about how you're going to pay for it or you don't know that you can make the time commitment just um, just let go of whatever's holding you back and um, step out on faith because um, these uh, these principles we're going to learn are um, they're life-changing right I'll try not to get emotional but um, mm. I can uh, I can testify you know Renee and I applied these principles to our life. Um, a few years ago, and um, i 'll give you some numbers here and, and if, if you 're on the fence about this, um, hopefully this this might help you um, now we We married in two thousand and six, and each of us we, we brought some baggage with us to the marriage, um, but we did our share of stupid together um, but when when we found Dave Ramsey, and it was completely by accident. Um, my favorite sports talk radio show got taken off the air, and uh, Dave Ramsey got put in place. So that's how we found him. and uh, I listened for a while, and it just made perfect sense. You know, I have had debt my entire adult life, um, and I've always been good at making payments, and creditors like that, and they, they send you more stuff in the mail to get you farther in debt. So the payments weren't the issue. It was the the bottom line that, that was what I could always see that would be a disaster at some point. And um, my solution to it was always, well, I just got to make more money. But it doesn't work until you change your behavior. Um, and if you're not taking care of God's money in the first place, he's not going to give you more. To, so that you can keep wasting it. So um, when Renee and I found Dave Ramsey and decided to commit to, um, to his baby steps, eighty four thousand six hundred and sixty seven dollars and twelve cents was um, what we owed. and that doesn't include our house. And um, you know we stand before you today, but we, we only owe for a house and that's it. So Wow. Wow. And when, when you talk about giving, um, the the monthly minimum payments on that debt were $2,074. And when you pay all your creditors, just like the video that we saw earlier, I mean, who, who has any money to give at that point? I mean, you're giving it all. You're giving it to the past, things that you already um, indulged in that weren't necessary. And that's where all your all your resources are going. So like I said, anybody who, you know, if you're on the fence and you just, you know, you don't think you can do it, um, I'm here to testify you can do it. I'm, I'm not a financial guru. Yeah. I hate math. Um, Amen. So, it can be done, and that's all i am got wow. to say. To go. Wow.
0: Yeah, way to go, Brian. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. He wants me to mention it. Though. Yeah. Um, Brian is going to be back. Greg, if, if you have time to go back there as well. Um, there's a Financial Peace University table. It's important for you to at least sign up now so we understand uh, and, and can kind of plan for uh, the amount of people coming. The money, the $100 for a family kit, it's very intentional, and it's worked for their ministry uh, the whole time, is they're asking you to invest in your future. They're asking you to put a value on this. And this nine-week course is really a five-week course within four weeks of specifics that if it doesn't necessarily pertain to you you don't necessarily have to be there but it's a specifically five weeks for everyone to be there and then for uh to determine what what works best for you so please sign up it is june first 4th so we have some time but we want to plan would you guys pray with me as the band gets ready to worship actually greg would you pray for us please
3: Lord, just remind us uh, in, in the discussion like this that um, you are the creator and the owner of all things, Lord, all things, absolutely all things. So, Lord, there is really no point. I, I think maybe it, you may chuckle when we think uh, somehow we can hold back and still thrive in our life. And, Lord, as believers, there probably aren't many uh, things more Significant than how we manage our money that witness and testify to people around us about how we're to live. So help us to live faithfully within our means uh, to give proportionately, to give sacrificially, to give voluntarily, and Lord, to give with a heart that just loves your work. And, want, and we want to be part of that. So thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've given us, our giving, and will give through our faithfulness. In your name, amen.